0: Don't tell anyone I'm free. Don't tell anyone I'm free. Hello and welcome to BSD Talk Number 239. It's Friday, March 28, 2014. If this audio sounds terrible, it's because I'm using the built-in microphone on my computer because my regular recording stuff is in boxes. Because I bought a house, and I've been packing everything up and carrying it, and so I haven't been able to do many podcasts. But I thought I have to at least uh, release something this month. And this is a recording from VBSDCon, so here it is.
1: So it's good to see you guys survive the speed geeking. Um, Our next speaker is Baptiste dawson did I get that Yeah. No. Close enough. <laughs> um, he's a... I tried French, and it didn't work. Um, free BSC ports committer for three years, a source committer for two years, and uh, PK&G is one of his primary roles. And and the really fascinating thing to me is he has to be at work tomorrow morning in Paris. So, so we appreciate you uh, making the flight. So go ahead. Thank you. So... First, I'd like to thank VeriSign for inviting me and for organizing this amazing conference. So I'll talk a bit about PackageNG, which is the new package system for FreeBSD. So I'll first explain a bit why we started writing a new tool instead of trying to improve the existing one, and uh, I'll explain what is PackageNG because perhaps some of you don't know yet what it is. And then I go to the new features we are adding in uh, the next version that is coming. We should have a next version by the end of next month, and the version after that. And then I'll, gi- I'll give a focus on how you can write your own plugins if you want to extend yourself, package NG with whatever you need. So first, why? Uh, when, back when I was a student, building the ports on my laptop was fun. Just having to go through all the failures and trying to get my laptop usable was fun, but now I want to use my system, so I just want to be able to have those packages I want to use without having to pray that it works. I want to be able also to just upgrade my system without uh, having to wait two days to get everything fixed, everything working. And I want to just be able to I don't know, I need Apache so I can just say what version of Apache I have and install the version I want. This was not doable in FreeBSD before that. You have to go through a website to figure out if there is packages, then you have to expect that they were built properly and you were expecting that the tool were able to use those packages and that they were up-to-date without security holes. So, we could have try to fix package install. In fact, a lot of people tried to, but package install has then been de- designed to be used uh, for that long. If you have a look at the code of package install, you have this comment explaining how cool it is, and this was 20 years ago. So OpenBSD people, well, basically all the BSD uh, available used to have those tools, and OpenBSD people, Figure out quite quickly that they were not that good and they have a lot of issues. So they rewrote everything ten years ago, and um, it was easier for them at the time because the port tree was uh, not that large. NetBSD are still trying to maintain it, so they are adding a lot of things into the code. But uh, the main design issues of the package install won't allow them to get something really working if they still go that way. And we did nothing. We just tried to patch and had a lot of, lot of hacks into the post tree so that we can work around uh, everything that was not properly done with the package tool. And the result is we had a tool which is totally unmaintainable. If you have a look at it, basically, it's written in C, but it's shellcode you know, it's executing about everything a wrong way with a lot of um, memory leaks, with a lot of chance to have something broken. So, before PackageNG, if you want to be able to install package, you have to do some package add dash or the name of the thing you want to install and then you have to pray that all the dependencies are there that it won't destroy half of your system. Then you say, okay, I have my package. Two weeks later, I know that there is new version of the packages, and I want to get up to date and get the latest version of Apache because it has this new feature I want. Then the only safe way to do binary upgrade with your tool was to package delete everything. Then go through user local and remove everything left by the package tool because a lot of things were left and then re-add everything, and then pray again. Or you can use the port Master and port upgrade tool. I'm speaking about binary only. So there was, and there still is, some way to get binary packages with those tools. Problem is, they are relying on package install, so they will do the thing badly. Right now, with PackageNG, if I want to install the latest Firefox, I just type this command, and I know that nothing will be installed if something is wrong. So, I will compute, the package engine will be able to compute all the dependencies, figure out if they are available or not, and prepare the installation to be done in the right order. If you're happy with what it will do, then you just hit yes, it will fetch everything, make sure that everything is consistent, make sure that there is no hidden conflicts, Make sure that uh, you have everything properly uh, installed, and then you get a working Firefox, as long as the, the package itself is properly working. And if you want to binary upgrade, you just say package upgrade. And package will go through your local database, the remote repository, and figure out everything that needs to be upgraded in what order, if there is conflicts and whatever, and then you get your system properly upgrade it to the latest version. And once you've done that, all you can do is removing portmaster, port upgrade, or any other ports tool, and remove the ports tree. You don't need the ports tree anymore. You don't need to build ports in your hand system. So PackageNG is a new binary package management system. So it means that it can handle everything around uh, the packages. From installing to removing to getting information about what license is used, what options were used when you built the packages, uh, where you can you can query where which file is provided by a package or which package provide that file. It's also a high-level C library. I really uh, wanted to be able to have other frontends. I'm writing one frontend which is package, but. Probably some people don't like the way it's written. So, if you have a look at the code, it's very high-level library. So, if you want to write a front end for uh, the package kit, if you want to have those nice GUI for GNOME, for uh, KDE, or whatever, you can just use that library. If you want to um, use your own script or create um, <coughs> some kind of um, marketplace, web, web interface, whatever, you just create some bindings on top of this library, and you can use them directly from your uh, end. The frontend I wrote is a single command line. I didn't like the fact that we have five, six different commands, and I prefer having one single command line where you have subcommand and options and everything is uh, consistent. So I get out of this package underscore something for every single possibility of comments to go, to go to a single command line with uh, different subcommands, And it's the same package system. I mean by that, that it's able to figure out, even if it's not in the metadata of report that you have conflicts, so it will prevent to install two things that can't work together, or override the file from one or another. You don't also try to figure out what is the ABI of your system. So if you're trying to install an ARM package on your MD64 box, then you say, no, that will not work, so just don't do that. If you want to install a FreeBSD10 package on a FreeBSD8 uh, machine, then you'll you'll have the same error. You won't be able to do it, except if you force yourself something. So we have a lot of small subcommands because um, I wanted to isolate every single kind of things to not have a command with very, very, very large amount of options you won't remember. So basically we have package add. Package add is something you don't want to use. It's mostly for compatibility with old scripts and with both scripts, so it's useful if you, just if you want to install a local package you have this package somewhere in the file system, then you can package add. Otherwise, you have to go to package install, which is doing all the magic. We have package annotate, because since package 1.1, we have uh, free from tags we can add to, uh, to the package. So if you have your own metadata, you want to, uh, to add into your uh, local database or into your package saying, it's a package built on this server, or its package provided by this company, you can just add your own metadata without having to change the format of the package. Package audit is something to be able to have a look at all the vulnerabilities you can have on your system and report them to you so that you can upgrade, fix, or do whatever you think is accurate with these vulnerabilities. Auto-remove is because we are, we now have um, a same package system, we are able to figure out that you don't need any more this dependency. You have this because Firefox was installed, but now you have removed Firefox, so you just package remove, and everything that is not needed anymore in your system will be automatically removed. Package backup dot the backup. Package check is just server sanity check, like uh, is one of the files provided by the packages has been changed by someone or being able to say, oh, you have removed, you are forced to remove all some packages, so now I have missing dependency for this package. And it will try to automatically reinstall or propose you to reinstall the missing bits, if you have broken things. Package clean is just to clean out some cache files. Package config is there to be able to you want to, you're in a script, you want to know what is the value of one of the configuration option of package.g, then you just do package config name of the option and you get the result. So it's very, very nice for scripting. Package create, it's forward, delete, fetch. So fetch is special. It will do the same thing as install, except that it would just f- grab all the packages and put it somewhere on your file system. So if you want to somehow mirror a part of the official repository because you know that you will need that amount of package. You want to put that in your own server to be able to have your own repository for that, but you don't want to build them. You can just package fetch all the end-user packages. You'll get everything including the dependency put somewhere. You, you package repo on it and you have a repository you can serve in your own, in your own system. Package information to get information. You install package log Package unlock is something which is has been a lot of um, we get we a lot of feature uh, requests to get it into uh, package engine I don't really like this feature, but I understand that people need it. This feature is to say this package i don't want any upgrade to modify it to upgrade it, so this package should remain the same whatever the re- remote repository has I don't like it because you can get it you can get into an inconsistent uh, package database, because you can imagine you lock a library which is used by other programs and then the program is updated, then you get, you could probably have a missing symbol or whatever. But I can understand that if you have Apache, you don't want to upgrade Apache because you have special needs in it, you have modified something, so you can lock it and unlock on demand. Package query and package R query, uh, remote query, are a scripting interface to package information. If you want to be able to get any single metadata on the remote repository or on on the local database, then you have an evaluation string you can put in where you say, if this metadata look like this and this one look like this, then show me this information exactly out of this. So you can format exactly your query into a format that fits to your needs. So if you have to do some shell scripting around uh, package engine, then you can just format the thing so that they are usable as shell variables. You can just eval the the result of this command and you get everything properly usable in your shell script. Package register is just, I already have installed all those binaries into my system. This is not clean, this is not tracked as a package. I really now want this to be registered as a package in the database so that I can Probably get information out of it, uh, create a package so that I can deploy it somewhere else. So package register is there for that. It's also used by the port tree uh, to be able to register things that has been installed. Package repo allows you to create your own repository. Basically, you just have a directory full of packages. Then you run this command. The path of this directory probably you want to sign this, so you just add the pass to, um, to an RSA key, and it will do all the magic for you. Something like ten minutes later, you have a ready-to-use repository sign available for all your servers. Package search allows you to get information the human way on the, on the remote. Package set is it's kind of hack. It's something that is there to be able to handle all the deficiencies we have with how we deal with the ports right now. Because the portrait has a lot of issues we are slowly trying to fix. Um, but we still use the portrait because we have already twenty two thousand packages available for everyone. So using the port tree allows me to allow us to get the new package system with a lot of new, a lot of package available. The so package set is there just to be able to work around some issues we have right now. Like if you're getting to the latest version of Perl, right now package G is not able to discover what is the latest version because we have an issue with how we name packages into the Pod tree, well, it has been fixed recently. But so what you have to do is to say this version of Perl was the old version. This is the new version with a package set command, and then. Package is able to do the upgrade properly. Package shell is basically, we have all, the local database is now a a SQLite database, so package shell is just SQLite embedded inside package, so if you really want to modify things inside your local database, or you want to uh, script some huge modification on metadata inside the database, you can run package shell and you get the SQLite GUI. Package stats give you some statistics about the repository that are configured, how many packages, what size of the different repository, and the same about the local database. Upgrade is what does all the magic for upgrading a system. Upgrade is also able to reinstall everything to the latest version. If you're going from FreeBSD 9 to FreeBSD 10, then you probably want to also reinstall every single of your packages to the version Built for 10, so you just do package upgrade -f. It will go through all your packages, upgrade the one that needs to be upgraded, and reinstall all the other one. So if you have an issue one day because a library is missing, because something is package upgrade always gets you into a sense state. Package version is there, like the old package underscore version to be able to test. Oh, it does a lot of things. The the main goal is to be able to test the version scheme. So you say, I have this version string, I have this version string, and I want to know which one is considered in the FreeBSD version scheme has a higher version, a lower version, an equal version. It is also able to just print to you the, the state of your local database. You can say, okay, package version, show me what is needed to be upgraded because I have my packages, I know that I have those repositories, so you can just show me how many packages will be upgraded if I do an upgrade. And package rich, is just figure out which package belongs to which, uh, which files belong to which package. We also have a plugin interface to, to package because I want every single FreeBSD user to be able to use uh, package ng for their package. Problem is, some vendors have specific needs, specific requirements that we don't really want inside uh, the official package for FreeBSD, but we want them to be able to use package PackageNG. So what we ended up is saying, okay, you have your requirements, they are too strange for us, but we want you to use them. So just create your plugin, just hook your function in the right place during the upgrade procedure, during the install procedure, or whatever command you're running, and then you can just have your strange thing inside the official tool. The other thing is we want to be able to add subcommands. We always have users saying, oh, I want this command because it's really cool, it does this, 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 and this, and we already have a lot of subcommands, and it's really, if we still have a lot of them, then people will get lost in how to use that. So if you really want your own personal subcommand, you can just write a plugin that does it. You have access to the full API of package engine, so you can just safely use the library, and the subcommand will be automatically registered, so when you can do, you can now do package my command, whatever argument you want to do with it. The other thing about the plugins is, I didn't want to have some plugins where each one has different configuration formats. People will know about the package and the configuration format, so the plugin should be consistent with that. So, what we need in the plugin is don't, read, don't create yourself your configuration form- format. Just say to the library, "I need a string, I need a boolean, I need a list, I need something like this." Um, the library will take care of parsing the parsing the configuration file. We take care of giving you all the options, the result of all of this, and you have a consistent way to be able to deal with that. So the, the version we have right now is package 1.1. One, one. So since package 1.0, oh, what has been done is we have full multi repository support, meaning that before that, you could just point your package manager to one single repository and get all the package from this. With package 1.1, one, one, you can say, okay, I've, I have the official package repository, but I have my own needs, so I have built a couple of packages for me, or I'm, I'm a vendor, I'm having my own code, I want to create my own packages, not with the repository, but with something else, but I want to be able to distribute them on my server easily, so I'll have the official packages, and I want to have a repository for my packages. We have the log command that get into this version, and the annotate. Annotate is also used to be able to track This package should always and only come from this repository, whatever is proposed on the other repository. So if, for example, you are having a special version of Apache with your own build option or probably with your own patches, you don't want to upgrade to the FreeBSD version of Apache because it's newer, you want to keep yours. So what you do is just say, Apache should come from this repository and never come from something else. We have a better link for shell library. Now we are able to to tell you this package requires this library. This library not this package providing the library but directly this library I need lib 2 with this package I need um, libpkg with this package and it also says I do provide those pack- those libraries. So this can be used to be able to automatically discover that you have created a package, but you don't have pro- you haven't provided the right number of dependencies, so I can say okay you require also that library that library comes from this package so I can have this package into uh, the miss into the um, the dependency so that solver is okay We have improved the solver uh, the, the 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 new solver is not well calling it solver is not very accurate. Basically, the, 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 what the solver does is trying to order all the operation so that an upgrade, an installation, a removal goes smoothly in the right order, and you don't have post-install script failing. You don't have things like this. We have an improved solver, but it's still not a good solver. Solving packages is something that is quite complicated, and it involves a lot of mathematics. So. We have go through the simple, the simpler way we could at this moment. So it works most of the time. Um, it could be improved, and it will be improved soon. We have added the plugin support I just talked about, and we have improved the Dragonfly BSD support. Dragonfly BSD is also now a user of PackageNG, and the next version of Dragonfly will only ship PackageNG and will drop PackageSource. So the, the goal was to say if you... Are willing to build an operating system with PackageNG, but it's not FreeBSD, then we are open to that. We want to be able to be portable. So there's also right now a project to port this to um, Solaris. I know there are some crazy people doing yet another Linux distribution uh, based on PackageNG. So in couple of days, uh, we will release the first beta version of Package 1.2. Package 1.2 is a version we want to ship with uh, FreeBSD 10.0. This version will bring us a new signing, uh, a new mechanism to be able to sign packages, which is the mechanism we will use to sign FreeBSD packages. So yes, with 10.0, we have signed packages available from the project. We also give you two new commands which are config already speak about and there is the alias command. Basically if you have already used git, with git you can create some aliases because there is something you keep using all over the time and you don't want to remember all the options. So you can just add in the configuration file this alias is equivalent to this command. And we have a lot of that has been contributed right now. You have some, a lot of biasing around package query because uh, pack has package query as a very interesting evaluation string to be able to get information out of the local database. Then you can have a common which is package leaf, which only shows you uh, the package you have installed unproposed yourself. You've decided that there are m- the package I want and all the rest is only dependencies. You can t- query virtually whatever you want. So if you have something you want to do, instead of doing a feature request, I want this new sub-command. Just write your own aliases. Until now, uh, tracing what is going on when you're doing something with package was almost impossible. We have nothing except using GDB to be able to know what is going in the, back, what is going in the background. So when you hit some bugs, then you can say, okay, it was trying to install this file, and this file has problem because of this. So what we have added is we have a new option, which is debug level, and you say debug level one, and we have four, right now we have four different levels, so you can improve the verbosity of what is going on in the background, and that helps you a lot to be able to discover what, why something went wrong. Because we have, in package one, one improved uh, the way we are handling the dependencies uh, when they are shell libraries, what now we do is, instead of giving you a warning that your package is missing a dependency, we automatically gather all those dependencies and automatically set into the package. So basically, if you are creating your own packages, if you're depending on the library, you don't have to specify yourself in the manifest or in whatever metadata, I need this library. Just let package do the work. We have switched the package audit to use Vue XML instead of using um, the PortEdit database. PortEdit is extracted out of Vue XML, and Vue.xml has way more information than PortEdit has. And um, uh, There is no need to compute this database into a new format when we can have directly the official version. So, we are switching to that. And one of the Painful thing about package is package is self-upgrading. It discovered that there is a new version of package engine, so you probably want the new version before doing anything, because all the other packages could be depending on that new version of package engine with the new features. The thing is, when you did package upgrade, then you upgraded the package itself, and then it's up. You have to run package upgrade a second time if you really want to go through the upgrade. So, this is something we have solved in uh, package one two. So, now you do package upgrade, it discovers you have a new version of package engine, it installs a new version, and restarts the process exactly where it was to do everything. We introduced the SSH as a transport protocol for the packages so that you don't need to have a web server, to have FTP server. You can just have SSH somewhere to get your packages. We introduced that into package 1.1, one one, but it was broken. So now it's fixed and usable. We have also added some variables so that you can exactly define what arguments you want to add to SSH itself if you want to go there. So if you want to specify your own specific um, SSH key, you can specify a path to that key and use it. If you want to specify your user, because each, uh, each system administrator, we have different username and different keys to go to the packages, then you can do that and you can trust, you can have a, tra- a track of who install what using that, that way. We have improved a lot of performances, and one of the reasons to be able to improve those performances is, we get out of YAML, one of the biggest change, the biggest thing in PacketNG was using YAML as description formats for every metadata and every information. YAML is cool. It's human-readable, you have to parse it, you have to to view it into VI or whatever. It's very cool. The problem is YAML has the same bug as Python can have, which is it depends on spacing. Meaning that if you have to parse this kind of file, you have a parser which is highly inefficient because it's not context-free. So we got a lot of uh, bottlenecks into the code just because we were parsing YAML. When we were were creating a a repository, parsing the YAML was taking something like 80% of the time, which is wrong. So we ended up using a new format, which is UCL. We have written it from scratch. It's very close to YAML. You have almost everything human readable as YAML. It's very fast to parse, and it doesn't have the Python disease. (laughs) The other thing it's really nice because UCL is uh, able to read YAML, it's able to read uh, the Nginx format, configuration files, and you can also emit um, your structure into YAML, into, um, into Nginx, and into JSON. After that, we are aiming at package 1.3, which will be a big release for for us. This year, we have a very, very successful Summer of Code, Google Summer of Code, where we have one of the previous developers working on uh, a SAT solver. SAT solver was really, really something we missed to be able to handle uh, nice things like provide requires, which OpenBSD people use to well, have something equivalent through the flavors. Uh, it's also very nice to be able to properly handle automatic conflict resolution. If we discover a conflict, we have two packages conflicting, we can say, okay, those two packages provide the same feature, One of them is required by this one, one of them is required by this one, probably we can just choose one of them because it can fit both requirements. Something we can't do right now with the solver, we can do it with a new SAT solver. We have also decided that probably scientists can do better SAT solver than we do. So we should probably have a look at what exists in standard format to be able to represent a SAT problem and we discovered that there is a European project called Moncusi where they were defining a CUDF and there is normalization around that. So we have now, we are able to export an installation and upgrade our delay problem into a standard CUDF format. So if you have written your own SAT solving tool that is respecting that format, you can compare our solver to a new solver. And if you want to just do some research on solver, because you're in a university, a laboratory, or whatever, then you can create your new solver and you can use it instead of our solver as a new plugin. So you can just plug yours and if it's better than our pl- our solver, and if you have done it in the same license, just give it to us. We will switch <laughs> The last thing is with package one three we will get back to the package name to identify a package it's probably looks weird to people that have not looked yet at the, how the tree works, but the tree is doing a lot of strange things, including that if you're creating a package, the name of the package could be different, and you have no way to identify that this package is an upgrade of this one, because it has been built with this option, so you now have this dash no x 11 at the end of the package, so how package manager can ident- identify that this is the same package and this is an upgrade of this one. Or we have four different versions of Perl having the same name and the default is not the latest. So default is something in the middle. How can the package manager know that this is the default and we need to use that? So we have really insane names, which were really not unique. So the workaround was to go through origin, which is basically the path inside the ports, the port directory to be able to identify this is my version of MySQL, and if I upgrade, I upgrade to a new version coming from the same origin. This is really not good, and this is a huge hack. So we are now working on fixing the port There is something like around 200 ports left that has insane name. Probably there are major ports, like Subversion. And Once this, this switch is done, we will be able to switch back to package name and switching to package them will allow us to properly use this SAT solver. And will also allow us to do a lot of new shiny things in the post tree. We are going to probably, I say probably because I don't know yet if I have time to do that, but do trigger post installation. Right now if you're installing some, you're installing XORG, you have some fonts, and every single font is trying to update the font cache. There is no need for that. We can just say, Okay, this is the same command. We will just do it at the end of the upgrade and do it once. And every single thing, creating a database, creating a cache file, creating this, can be triggered at the end. And we will have a, um, a huge improvement on the speed on the upgrade and will be way better. We are planning to add a new package news because right now the way we are in- giving the information to the user that This upgrade requires you to probably do this operation manually or this operation manually. is Either you provide a package message which will be prompted to you anytime, even if you're just installing, where you don't care about how do I upgrade because I'm staying for the first time, or we are adding an entry into the updating file in the port tree. But if you are pushing people to use binary packages instead of trying to mess the system with the ports, then... We can't tell them to have a look into a file which is in the port stream. So what we'll do is to have a new package news which will get you information depending on the situation. You are upgrading, you need a message, you are installing it, you don't need that message. And it will also give a warning to the users about the package they have installed that are now deprecated in the remote repository. When you install them, you didn't know it was deprecated because it wasn't, but now you have. You have got the new information from the, your repository because we have pushed new packages and you can say to you, you probably want to have a look at an alternative for this because this will disappear in a couple of months. We want to have an ability to be able to say my package is doing something which is not really nice for package managers. We are moving the directory where our library is installed. So I need to reinstall every single library. Right now, if I want to do that, I have to go through every single package and bump the version number to say, your dependency has changed. If you have only 10 dependencies, you can do it. But now you're switching Perl to a new version. Every single Perl library should be moved into a new place. So the way to solve that is to have a metadata into Perl saying everything depending on me should be reinstalled now. And I already talked about package name. So let's go inside the plugins and show how you can write your own plugins. It's very easy. So you don't have to build a plugin inside the package G source. We have a public interface. This public interface is designed to be stable. So you can just use the package.h and libpackage and you can create your own plugins. So when you create a plugin, there is two functions that are needed, there is init and shutdown. When you init your plugin, you just have to inform the library that your plugin has a name, so that when you do package plugin, you can list the the plugin and you can have the name of the the plugin. You can have a description so that the user knows (coughs) what the plugin is about. And you can have a version. That's all you need in the init. You can also here uh, register Um, a user structure with your specific things, which are specific to your plugin, and uh, and do all the initialization you need about your own variables. Now, because you want to add a new command to packageMV, the only thing you have to do is to register that command into the library. So basically what you do is the name of the command which will be the name of the subcommand when you do package something. A description, so that when you do just package help and you see all the commands available, you can see your command with a description of what it does. Um, a callback, uh, a callback which will be uh, called by the package engine itself to say, to, to pass everything through the plugin and say, that's your stuff, do, do it with it. That's all. Now you have a new command. And here is, an ex- here is a sample of uh, a callback you can write. So the callback has just the arguments normally. And then you open the local database. You ask the database for uh, the statistics. And then you print the statistics to, user, to the user. So now if you, if you do package hello, then you have this printed out. Hello, you have this amount of package installed. Now if you want to create a hook plugin, which so we have a, a, a lot. We have a couple of hooks in the in the um, in the library right now. We will add more as the people needs more. So <laughs> basically, what here is is I'm writing a plugin to do DFS snapshot just before doing any installation. So the same way I did for the common plugin, I just register a name, a description, a version, and then I say my plugin needs a configuration file. So, in my configuration file, I need a list, which I want the name of the, the, the option being ZFS, the name of the list would be ZFS file systems. Um, I need also a string, which is a prefix I want to, to do, to add into the snapshot, it's the snapshot name itself. Um, I want a Boolean saying I want the snapshot to be recursive or not. Then I ask PackageNg2, Pass the, the configuration file if it exists. And then I register the callback uh, for a specific hook, which is the pre install hook, saying before any installation process, then uh, call this callback all the time. So I don't know if you can read, but here is in the example for the callback, so it's quick and dirty, but it works. So basically, here I'm asking the library to give me the result of either in the boolean on on the configuration file is true or false. Give me whatever result it is. Give me the string. And um, for every every uh, entry in the list I asked for, then I create a command and I execute ZFS snapshot on this. Here is the format of your. Um, the configuration file you have. So, the configuration file for the plugins sh- will always be located into user etc package, except if you have overwritten this in the package configuration file. Um, basically, you, you end up with something like this. So, it's human readable in the same format as package.conf. Uh, it's also the same format as the manifest inside the package. So we have some issues in package engine. It's really far from being perfect right now. Why? Because most of them are due to package install. We still have to support package install in the port tree, And so we have to decide not to fix things, some of the things right now in the port tree, but to wait until package install is removed from, to to wait that we don't support anymore package install to be able to do heavy change Changes inside the port Tree and switch to a saner uh, way to deal, to to create packages. We have also a lot of ugly code because of the noti- the the way we identify packages, which is the package name I told you earlier. Because the port Tree is not yet able to do anything, saying I do provide this, I require this. We are now able to do it on the libraries, but you might want to say. I'm an HTTP server. You don't want to say, this web application depends on Apache or Light HTTPD, or you want to say, I want a web server. I don't care which one it is, I want a web server. Or I want PHP 5, whatever, or this particular version of PHP. We have two simplistic dependency tracking. Right now, dependency is just a list of packages. We need to go through smart dependencies where we say the requires, I told you, but you can also say, I need pull between this version and this version. Not something uh, new, newer, not something older. I really want something bounded to this and this version. And I want to kill entry entry in the post tree is useless. Every single package is trying to recreate user local whatever where we can just track it properly and try to remove a directory if it's not used. We don't have to specify somewhere. This is a directory. The package system can know it itself. I don't want to each time execute these entry things and I don't want to have to update entry in the post tree because I need to have a new directory and then rebuild we'll every single package so that they have the proper latest entry. So entry will die. If you want to, what to help? Well, the title is not good, but if you want to help, you can go to GitHub. Everything is done on GitHub slash FreeBSD slash package. Please, help us documenting. We have manpage page quite up to date, and almost everything from end user is documented in the man page. The API is not documented, and all the technical stuff is not documented. Also, when, I, when we document, we know very well package ng, so there is something we say, okay, this is obvious, but this is obvious for us because we know it. This is not obvious for everyone. So, just come and say this needs to be documented. Yeah. Please add this. I'm an user, I didn't understand what you mean by that. Can you just add this part in the documentation? We need help on documentation. Report bugs, report every single request, even if it's a crazy one, report it. It's really important for us to know what are the crazy ideas people want to do with the packages so that we can have something which is able to let you do it. If we find this too crazy, we won't do it, but we offer you a way to do your crazy thing, if we can. And of course, submit patches if you can. The last thing is stop using package install. Please stop using package install. It's crappy, it's broken, it's a nightmare. Is there still someone using package install here? <laughs> <laughs> Change it. it more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we finally have package.freeBSD.org back for every single version of FreeBSD supported. It's updated weekly, so every week you have new packages there. We do it right now only for the MD- MD64 and I386. Other architecture are coming, are really coming soon, by soon I mean around six months. (laughs) Uh, We are now almost able to cross-build the post-tree, so we should be able to provide ARM packages, uh, MIPS packages, in around six months, if I have time. Right now, what is on package.freebiz.org is not signed yet. Everything is there now to be able to sign. The next run of. Um, so, next Monday we will build new packages. The next one will have the bootstrap signed because we just committed, Brian did the work. Uh, we committed that yesterday? No, two days ago? And so now, if you're on 11, and um, today or tomorrow on 10, you'll you'll be able to bootstrap and check a signature when you bootstrap to make sure that it's exactly what we provided to you. And we will kill on every single version of FreeBSD package install next in six months. So if you're still using package install, you have six months to switch. Report. Report us any bugs you have when migrating from package install to package ng. We are providing a script which is called package2ng which is able to migrate your local database into the package ng format so that you can just say, OK, I have my old installation. I have updated my port before doing that because I want to be sure that I don't have all the old broken packages, but something which is less broken. And then I want to convert that into package ng, and I can do package upgrade f and I get everything to the latest proper packages. That's all questions. What do you mean by sign? Do you mean checksum or you mean GPG-style? No GPG. Uh, we have RSA uh, signature. So we use an RSA key. We have two mechanisms right now if you want to, to sign in, in package PackagG. We have the old mechanism where you just provide your own key and packageNG is doing the work itself. And we have the new mechanism, which is the one we are using on the FreeBSD project, which is uh, package and don't sign, but execute a command with, and talk to a package-signing server and say, give me a signature for that. We get the signature, we put it into the catalog. We don't sign each package. We send the catalog, and the catalog has the hash of every single packages, And so you can get this. And the other thing we sign is package itself, because when you want to bootstrap it, you have the Bootstrap tool into the base system, the Bootstrap goes to this server somewhere on the internet. So you probably want to make sure that this is really the package you want to install, and uh, so you can check the signature. Yes? So if I've got a system where I've been building from ports, how do I convert to, to this? You just do package engine the same way, and then you keep using your tools. The ports can automatically use uh, PackageNG, So no, no, no. The only thing you do if you're not on 11 or on 10, you had with PackageNG in your make.conf until May. And in May, it will be automatically always PackageNG. But otherwise, the ports tree is fully working with PackageNG and Portmaster is using PackageNG, and upgrade is using PackageNG. But you really, 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 really shouldn't build ports locally for one single reason. You never know what will happen during the build. And you never know what is exactly installed in your system when you build. So we try very hard to be able to have um, the ports building the way the maintainer wants it to build. But if you have something like pcre.h somewhere on your file system, the configure can discover it. And you don't have the package expected by the maintainer. If you still want to build your own ports, whatever, you should probably have a look at uh, another tool I wrote, which is Poudrier, which is uh, basically uh, something that helps you to build the packages properly. You can still define everything you define right now in the repository saying, I want this port with this option, I want this with this option. It does all the magic for building properly in always a clean, sane environment when it builds and gives you a package engine repository. So you can just point to there the package upgrade the nice thing is, you can just build and only upgrade if you know that the build will actually end pro- properly. You're not stuck in the middle of a build because GNOME has failed or LibXML has failed. So, how does PKGNG deals with um, uh, package options? For example, I want Nginx with SSL, which is not the default option yeah. on so a specific package. Right now, package only gives you the information about the options. It doesn't know yet how to propose different packages with the same option, what OpenBSD calls flavors. The, there is two directions to fix that. The first one is choose the require-provide. So, instead of saying I want Nginx, you will say, I want NGINX with SSL support. And in that case, you say, I I, I require this. So, we'll go through the remote database and figure out which package provides this. The other thing is, we are going to split packages in the port stream. So, splitting packaging, because most of the options are not because Uh, the final binary is different. Most of the option you have is just because you want a file or not in your package. So why not just providing two different packages? So that's the goal for most of them, except Nginx, because Nginx has a strange way to handle plugins until now. Next version will be fixed for that, so you'll have dynamic loading plugin in Nginx, which will be way better. Thank you.
0: If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com, or you can send me an email at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. You can also find copies of these podcasts on archive.org. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 239.